Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you. So, you know what I really miss? I am a hug and handshake kind of person, and I miss that. So, could you guys help me be a little more comfortable, and can we just do an air high, an air fist bump? Man, I'm so glad to see all of you. So, my name is Steph Roller, and we are in the third week of a series called Upside Down, where we are spending time teaching about how Jesus turned a lot of things that we understand, according to a world perspective, completely upside down. And Brian already gave us two awesome teachings. If you missed those, you can listen to those on our podcast. He talked about weak being the new strong and out being the new in. And I believe both of those upside down truths because I spent nearly 30 years of my life as an atheist. And I don't know how much more of an outsider or cracked or broken a person could be than that. And plus, I am terrified of public speaking. It is a huge weakness of mine. I am super nervous every time I get up here to talk to you guys. And so in this upside-down kingdom of Jesus this morning, you have a former atheist who's completely nervous about talking in front of people doing the teaching. And that is totally upside-down. So today, let's talk about another truth of the kingdom, and that is, small is the new big. The world teaches us things like, go big or go home. He's a really big deal, a big shot. Come on, get a bigger bang for your buck. And even at my favorite ice cream shop, you can get two sizes of malts, but they're not small and large, right? There's only two sizes, medium and large. Shouldn't it be small and large? But no. Do you know why? Because it's marketing 101. We are taught in this world not to value small things. But Jesus cherishes a woman who gives this teeny, tiny offering because that's all she had. And he says things like, let the little children come to me. Or what you do for the least of these, you do for me. And he compares his kingdom to yeast and seeds and salt. And he starts his ministry with just 12 friends. It's not a megachurch. So he seems to value small beginnings, even if they don't stay small. So now, full honesty with you guys. When Alice called me to see if I wanted to teach this morning, she told me what the four series topics were. I thought to myself... I'd love to teach any of these topics, except for this one. (laughs) So, in this upside-down kingdom, which one am I teaching? This one. I mean, I could relate to being an outsider super easy, and I could relate to being weak. We just did this huge flooring project at our house, and there were some things I just couldn't do because I wasn't quite strong enough, so thank God my husband's a little stronger than me. Um, But I have never, ever not even in kindergarten, been thought of as small. None of you have ever looked at me and said, wow, she's a really teeny lady. I'm the person who gets asked at the grocery store by total strangers to get something off the top shelf for them. It happens to me all the time. But I was, um, I was wrong about that. You know, I just had been fallen into the trap of the world that bigger is best, and so I just didn't think I had a lot to say about this. And I can remember a season in youth ministry when I used to measure how well we were doing by how many kids showed up. 
But Jesus never said, I'll only show up if you have a thousand, did he? What did he say? He said, I'll show up if you have two or more gathered in my name. So now, in the again upside-down world of Jesus, this is now one of my favorite topics ever. So we're going to start in here with a parable. And if you start reading the parables with an eye for the small, you're going to find out Jesus loves small things. And for some reason, he really loves mustard seed. So we're going to start with a parable that's very creatively titled, The Parable of the Mustard Seed. And it's from Mark 4, verses 30 and 32. So again, Jesus said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. And yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So I brought mustard seed. You guys probably have this maybe in your kitchen cupboard. Maybe you don't ever use mustard seed. And I have a picture up here. So mustard seed is pretty small. It's little, okay? But no, it isn't the smallest seed on earth. So please don't argue with me about that or get distracted, right? Remember that a parable is a story that has a surface meaning and then a deeper meaning if you think about it. So this seed is something everyone's familiar with enough to make the point of the story, right? But I have seen mustard plants, And mustard plants are not that big. So I did some research, and I found out that there's a type of mustard plant that grows in the Middle East that grows 15 to 20 feet tall. So I'm not good at numbers, so I brought my tape measure out here, actually, a couple nights ago, and I measured from the floor to the ceiling, where that black stripe is up there, that's around 15 or 20 feet, okay? So not only does this small seed grow into something really big, it has exceeded its original purpose because these big mustard bushes grow in thickets where not only are they making more mustard seed, they are providing a place for birds to perch and insects to live and small animals to live. It's its own little community, right? And Jesus says the kingdom of God is like that. Something small grows into something large. And if I were the gardener who planted that small seed, I would think it became more than I could have hoped for or imagined. So I want you to keep that picture in your head. Something small becomes something big, and it exceeds its expectation. So now, in uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, we find another mustard seed story, and it is because... Jesus' disciples are frustrated. Jesus has given them an assignment, a problem to solve, and they're failing at it. And so they ask Jesus, why are we failing? And he uses this picture. Jesus says, you are failing because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So this is where we get the phrase, faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. And I know this is true, because Jesus said it. But just as a little side note, have you guys ever been in a really hard place in your life? 
and someone says to you, well-meaning, I'm sure, oh, honey, if you just had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could solve your problem. If you have ever been on the receiving end of that, you want to take that little hard round mustard seed and just shove it right up their nose. (laughs) That might have been a bad flashback. (laughs) Okay, but Jesus, he likes this mustard seed parable. So this time, I looked a little closer. I thought a little bit deeper. Okay, Jesus, teach me what this really means. Faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. Show me what this looks like in my life. Well, the last part I think is the easiest, right? Moving a mountain is the surface meaning of the parable, but the deeper meaning in this case is pretty obvious, right? It is just overcoming something that seems impossible or hard or big. That we can all relate to. So now this first part. Faith as small as a mustard seed. I think Jesus is saying, I only need a small amount of faith to move my mountain. Oh, thank God, right? Because there have been times when all I've had is a small amount of faith in a mountain to move. When Todd needed emergency brain surgery, (laughs) and we had two little boys, and my five-year-old said, Mommy, is my dad going to die? And I didn't know the answer. When I get so much doubt or fear, and it just gets a hold of me, and I think to myself, I am just not good enough, like five minutes before I walk up here this morning. Friends, I need to tell you something that is absolutely true, and I want you to believe it. All of us, even Brian, even Jeff, Doug, Dave, Alice, even Ed, have had times in our lives when all we've had is the tiniest mustard seed of faith left. And if you ever find yourself in that position, You are not alone. Know that. Hang on to that little bit of faith that you have and find one of us to come alongside of you. That's why we live in community. So, okay, Jesus, if small is the new big, if a mustard seed can become a tree, if all I need is a mustard seed of faith, show me what that looks like in real life. Show me a small act of faith that became big in your kingdom. If small is the new big, I want to see how a mustard seed of faith moved a mountain. I want to see how a small act of faith overcame some big problem. And then, as always, when you ask him, he shows you, and he did. In every single gospel, every single gospel writer tells this story, and I found the example I was looking for. So Jesus had been teaching and healing, and the crowds following him were getting pretty big. And at this one gathering, Jesus says to his disciples, hey, I think they're getting kind of (laughs) hungry. How are we going to feed all these people? Well, 
there were more than 5,000 men plus their families to feed. Disciples, they're at a total loss because the problem is big. And all they can see is that they need some big solution to fix it. And then one of the disciples, it was Andrew, he noticed something. Actually, he noticed someone. He noticed a little boy who didn't have the whole solution, but who offered what little bit he had towards it. So this little boy was there at the gathering, and so I presume he'd been listening to Jesus preach, and he had developed just a little mustard seed of faith that this Jesus guy was the real deal. And even though he was young and he didn't have much to give, he offered what he had. A small boy with a small faith and a small solution. So we see here in John 6, verse 9, this is Andrew speaking. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Oh, Andrew, gosh, right away, he does something all of us has done, have done at one time or another. He immediately thinks why the solution won't work, doesn't he? Do we do that? All the time. We notice a problem, but it's so large or so old or so impossible to fix that we become overwhelmed with the size of it, and so we just condemn any attempt to try to fix it, or we just do nothing at all. I am very guilty of this, too. Are you? Why should anyone try to figure out a peace in the Middle East? Those people have been fighting for years. You're just wasting time. Why should I sponsor a child with food for the hungry? Do you know how many starving kids there are in the world? What the heck difference does it make if I try to help just one? Do you guys know there's this floating pile of plastic in the Pacific Ocean that we estimate is about the size of the state of Texas? So what difference does it make if I recycle this one bottle or I just throw it out the window? Or my small offering at church isn't enough to matter. There are people with a lot more money than me, so why bother at all? But Jesus was really pleased with this small boy who offered a small amount of food with his small new faith. And you guys probably know the rest of the story. He asked the crowd to sit. He accepted the food and gave a blessing. And then he passed it out to everybody to eat as much as they wanted, like sitting down at a pizza ranch buffet. Yes. I really miss that right now. Five small loaves and two small fish for 5,000 families. And there's a picture of what that might have looked like. And I'm going to tell you that wouldn't have fed my two boys when they were at home, for sure. But after everyone in the crowd had eaten their fill, they collected the leftovers, and they collected 12 baskets of leftovers. Jesus took something small and made it big. So do you think this is another mustard seed story? I would say this small offering exceeded its purpose 
A lunch for one feeds 5,000. So the kingdom of God is like this. Small is the new big. And I think there are three ways that Jesus makes small things a big deal in his kingdom. Sometimes small things just grow, like the mustard seed into a big bush. Or sometimes small things stay small, and they multiply themselves into a lot more small things. And a lot of small things come together to make something big, like yeast that multiplies and works its way through the dough, right? Or sometimes a bunch of different things get put together for a big result, like this story. Because have you ever really thought about how this miracle worked? Did they, like, just take a barley loaf out of the basket, and then, you know, when I passed it to Lynn, she immediately had another barley loaf in there for her? I don't know. But one thing I do know, there are more than 5,000 people there, including parents with kids along. (laughs) Do you think this was the only boy that thought to pack a lunch? Really? Moms and dads, when was the last time you took your kids anywhere without a snack? I bet some of you have snacks right now in the sanctuary, right? And these guys are used to providing for themselves. They aren't like me, who just knows there's going to be a quick star or Casey's anywhere I go to. So there must have been, there must have been at least some other people with food in this crowd of 5,000 plus people. And I think that the second part of this miracle Um, besides Jesus divinely multiplying the food, which we know he did. I think the second part of this miracle was that other people saw the little boy share his small lunch, knowing it wasn't going to be enough, and they were inspired to share what they had with those around them. And I wonder what the harder part of this miracle was. Divinely multiplying food (laughs) or getting us to share with each other? Spend some time today maybe thinking about why Jesus invites you to be involved with his work and with each other. So Jesus holds us together as one body, gathering all of our small gifts and offerings, and he makes them add up. And then it never fails that he somehow makes it work to become even bigger than we could have hoped or imagined. And if you open your eyes, you will see this happening all around the kingdom of God. For example, when the old Longfellow School had to close in Waterloo, our soccer ministry there had to stop. But some of the girls who were playing soccer wanted to keep being mentored. And so they started a small pie-making club. And now they have a storefront in downtown Waterloo, and they have a food truck where all kinds of girls learn how to run a business and change their circumstances and have faith and community at the same time. They call it Tri-Pi. I call it one of our most creative ministries. And those triple berry pie shakes, has anyone ever had one of those? Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are divinely created by Jesus himself. (laughs) And then... Here in Grundy years ago, a group of teenagers met around one table to learn about God. And then they invited a few more friends, and then they invited a few more friends, and they invited a few more friends. And like yeast spreading through the dough, they multiplied 
and multiplied and multiplied into more and more and more teenagers. For some of you, that sounds like a horror movie, doesn't it? But it's not a horror group at all. It's the most wonderful group of teens you could ever imagine. And just a few weeks ago, they had a big outdoor concert here in our parking lot where they had about 150 people. They meet around many tables now, but it didn't start that way. And we have a mission at Orchard for, we call it ministry outside of our walls. What does that mean? It means ministries that happen not in our buildings or on our campuses. And we do that in Haiti. We do that in Mozambique. We do that in the Waterloo, Waterloo uh, Walnut neighborhood. We do it at the Eldora Training School and lots of other places. And I know that many of you have given a small amount for a row of crops, or you've done a health kit or something for Haiti, like Brian introduced this morning, or you've sponsored a child, or you've given other mission trip supplies, or to a cup of cold water. So remember how Jesus was pleased with the woman that gave her little bitty offering? Would you be surprised to know that on just an average year at Orchard, with all of those little gifts that we bring together, every year we put together about a half a million dollars for mission outside of our walls. Small things come together to make big things. So we live in a world with really big problems. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. But Jesus just asked us to start small. So what does that look like in the face of division and hatred, bigotry, unemployment, sickness. Maybe it starts with meeting a neighbor that you don't know or that you think you don't like or that's different than you. And maybe that leads to a neighborhood potluck. And then God only knows where it leads from there. Or maybe, this might be a big maybe for some people, maybe you spend one minute just one minute every day praying for whichever side of the political aisle you don't belong to. And maybe that small act of faith makes you realize that we are all children of God, even those nasty liberals and nasty conservatives. And maybe if enough of us did that, we could stop shouting at each other and we could start talking again. Maybe one of you sitting here right now just has an idea percolating in your chest and you think it's just too small to make a difference or you only have a mustard seed of faith that it will work and I just tell you, turn that seed over to God and watch out because it just might become something bigger than you imagined. Now I know a few of you are just dying to get out there and do something small. And I'm so excited if that's you, and I would just say, go for it. But I need to talk to a few people in the room right now, because you aren't feeling that way. You right now might be sitting here feeling sad, or frustrated, or discouraged, or a failure. Because I feel your pain. <laughs> because sometimes we have offered our small faith, 
our small act of service, our small prayers, and we just don't see anything big happening. We pray every day for our best friend or our mom or our husband to get well, but they don't. I have prayed many, many times for God to restore my hearing, but he hasn't. We invite our neighbors or our friends or our kids to please, please come and get to know Jesus, but they don't come. Years of pouring yourself into a broken relationship with your spouse or your estranged brother or your next-door neighbor, and it's still broken. Why doesn't my act of faith become a cool miracle like the feeding of the 5,000? Does Jesus fail to notice my mustard seed or my mountain? No, friends, he doesn't fail to see you. He always sees you. In Matthew 6, Jesus says that when we pray, when we fast, or when we help those in need, we should do those things quietly and not in a way that brings big attention. And then he assures us three times, three times in just half a page, that our Father in heaven notices these things and he remembers them and he rewards them even when we can't see the outcome we want. Maybe we don't see a big miracle with every small mustard seed of faith, but with every small mustard seed of faith, Jesus sees you. Our big God doesn't ask us to have all the answers. He doesn't ask us to solve every problem. He doesn't tell us, go big or go home. He doesn't say, hey, worship team, I need a bigger bang for my buck. Add some more drums in there. He doesn't say, I'll only show up if you have a thousand people. He says, have a mustard seed of faith and trust that to me. And let your small offering become something amazing in the hands of a big God. In the kingdom of God, small things become big. Small things multiply, and small things add together. Small is how Jesus starts all things. Small is the new big. Will you pray with me? Oh, God, thank you for being a really big God who sees our really small selves and loves us for it. God, can you just forgive us when we think we're a big deal? Can you forgive us when we think we need to fix it all or do nothing? Can you just help us trust you with our smallness? Can you help us trust that our small act of faith
faith matters and that you see it even when we don't see the outcome we hope for. We help us go out today and do something small and trust you with it. Lord, thank you for this place, these people, 